I'm going to talk to you about getting these proverbs into your heart so they can become a part of your life. But the first thing I will say to you is to save the writing attached to today's recording in a separate tab for daily reference so that you can read at your own leisure these proverbs. And then when you finish with, let's say, the third proverb on this, tomorrow or later in the day, if you click on that tab that's your saving, it will come up where you left off. There are 31 proverbs. There are 20 to 30 statements in each chapter. These are to be eaten slowly to get you to really digest them, to be able to do them. For example, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Well, you need to do that. If someone entices you to do something that would lead you to sin against God, you don't want to go along with them. So read this until you get it into your heart and actually find that you're doing it. Many times I have walked away from people who would entice me to watch the wrong television show, or they would entice me to do something that would lead me away from God. Many times I have walked away from those people. Proverbs 1 basically says, walk away from them. Watching evening news is one of the things that most of us do. And when they come on with something that is not good for you to hear, which is most of the time, you can mute the television until they go to the next story. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. So what I do is if I turn on the news... I usually start with it muted to see what stories they're going to talk about. There's certain things that I will not participate in. I'm not going to participate in the trial between the woman that accused Donald Trump of rape. I'm not going to participate in that. A judge in a court of law will say, I'm not going to hear this. And they can't bring it before him. You have that power over your television set. Mute it. Say, this is a story I'm not going to judge. If you listen to the story, you will probably judge it. God has already given me the judgment between 
Donald Trump and the woman who says she was raped by him. She was in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman in New York City when the rape occurred, supposedly. The woman should have cried out. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, the women were taught if they were in a place where they could be heard, like a city, cry out, cry out for help. But if they're out in the field where nobody can hear them, that was another matter. They were judged guilty along with the rapist if they failed to cry out in an area where they could be helped. Now this is what God brought to my attention. The judgment that I have on that situation She did not cry out for help at Bergdorf Goodman. She was in a dressing room by her testimony when she was raped by Donald Trump. She did not cry out. There were people in the building, close to the dressing rooms even. She could have cried out, help, help, and he might have stopped. Also. Had she cried out against what he was trying to do, someone at the door near the dressing rooms might have heard her and would have come to help her, and it would have stopped the situation. But if she doesn't cry out for help, she shows no protest for it, and that puts her in a position of sharing the guilt of adultery or fornication with Donald Trump. So both are guilty. Well, I know that from God. So why would I watch the testimony knowing already the situation judged by God? Well, I'm not watching that. So when that story comes on television news, I mute my television if it isn't already muted. Then they show the next story, and I make a decision of whether or not I'm going to participate in that information. Now, that's how I watch the news. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Just don't participate. This is something I will not judge. They may present another piece of news about somebody stabbing somebody in Houston or New York City in the subway. I may or may not want to hear that. And I don't like the news cast on the subject of abortion, so I won't listen. And often I even turn away from the television and wait for the next story. I make decisions on each story, whether or not I will participate, whether I will let that go into my mind and thinking. So you might want to consider your approach to the newscast. We have one person in our little group that doesn't watch at all, and I think that's fine. In my case, I 
have an interest especially in weather-related stories. So I usually turn on the news, but I'm very selective in what I will watch. One day this month, it turned out I didn't watch the news at all. And when I went to bed, I looked on a CNN written headline type thing. And you don't have to see the whole story, you just see the headline. And I found there had been another mass shooting. And I wanted to see where it was, so I clicked on the story and I saw where it was. And I didn't read the details about it. I just saw the location of it, and I turned it off. You can be selective in what you view. You can choose not to view any of it. There was a period of time when I was a new Christian that God said to me, don't watch any television, any plays, any football, any outside dramas, just read the Bible. And for a season, I did that. I met my mother and father in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on one of my buying trips. And one of my workers was with me. I usually allowed one worker at a time to go with me just so she would see the process. One worker was with me, and we were driving down the highway, and the subject of a former president came up, Jimmy Carter. And someone said something about Jimmy Carter, and I said, who's Jimmy Carter? And they were so shocked, all three of them, my mother and dad and my worker, looked at me because Jimmy Carter had just been elected President of the United States, and I had no idea who he was. God had separated me for several months, if not years, to himself to teach me Bible. So it shows that I hadn't watched any television for probably two or three years at that time, but that was a specific instruction to me, which I don't expect everyone to follow. That was an instruction for me. He was going to prepare me for the ministry. So I suppose, first of all, I'm going to say, I'm not going to read all of the 31 Proverbs to you on this recording. I'm going to try to show you things in how to best use these scriptures for your life. You can read the scriptures, the selected Proverbs that I've selected, you can read them in the written form. When I go to my Kindle tablet and I click on Internet, I have several tabs come at the top of the page and they're saved. And one of those tabs is this writing on the Proverbs, so that I can read these Proverbs throughout the day and pick up where I left off. So if we go to Proverbs 1, verse 10, 
My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. So in this illustration, you do not have to watch every story broadcast on the evening news. You can look at the introduction where they tell the stories they're going to present. And you can say, well, I'm not interested in that story. I don't want to hear this story. I'm not interested. I'm not going to participate. But there might be a weather-related story that you would like to hear. So you watch the news, muted, until they get to that one story that you want to hear. And then you participate with them in the weather-related story. That's doing Proverbs 1, verses 10 through 16. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. No, I'm not going to participate in the subject of abortion. Abortion is murder. I don't want to see them protesting. I don't want to hear what the Supreme Court decides. I don't want to hear if they're going to have pills that stop you from becoming pregnant. I don't want to hear these stories. So I don't turn the sound on. I believe that is doing this proverb. And when you do a scripture, it goes down into your heart. When you read it, it just flies away like a bird. Out of sight, out of mind. But when you live it, which is what we're supposed to do, We live the scriptures. Jesus is in our heart by the scriptures. We are kept from the evil by the scriptures, the word of God. The Holy Spirit reminds us of a scripture, and we know not to go that way. We know to beware, or we know it's proper to go that way. So you live the scriptures. And by doing these Proverbs every day, you will learn to live the Scriptures. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and make haste to shed blood. Looking at another part of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 2. Verse 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler, shield, to them that walk uprightly. He, the word of God, the scripture, or the word given to you by God, For at any given time, God could speak to us to instruct us in the way we were to go. He speaks to us by the Holy Spirit of God who reminds us of a scripture or reminds us of a dream. And we pay attention to that and that is so we can do the scripture. It's not the hearers of the word who are blessed. It's the ones who do the word of God. He keepeth the paths of judgment. He, the word, 
keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the ways of his saints. Then thou shalt understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. That's Proverbs 2, verses 6 through 9 in this list of selected Proverbs. So let's say that you're going to focus on this specific set of verses and you focus on it throughout the day. Tomorrow you turn on your Kindle or your tablet and you pull up the tab that contains all of these selected verses of Proverbs. And that is the proverb that should appear on your tab. You can review it. And then you may choose to go on to the next one. Proverbs 3, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. How do you do that? You do that by thinking of the meaning of mercy, by thinking of just regular dictionary meaning of the word mercy, of asking God for wisdom to show you what mercy would mean in your life, to show you times that you have had mercy toward another person, a situation of mercy, to give you wisdom. God gives us wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. James 1.5. So ask God to show you what he is referring to concerning mercy as it pertains to your life. He brings thoughts to you to show you where there are times in your life that you have extended mercy to someone. And you focus on that. It gets stronger and deeper in you, in your heart, as you focus on it like that. Truth, the truth is in Jesus, the Word of God. There is even a scripture that says the truth is in Jesus. The truth is Jesus. The Word. Now, the Word might be a scripture, and the Word might be some word God has brought directly to your mind. No matter how it's presented, it's truth when it's of God. When it's a Word of God, it's the Word of God, whether it's in the Bible or whether it is brought directly to your mind. Either way you focus on it. Could be a dream. Could be an angel spoke it to you. I've had all of these things happen to me. But you focus on it and you obey the word. One time I had a dream which gave me a very strong warning. And then at the end of the warning, I heard, don't go until you see Exodus 15. I canceled everything I had planned for the rest of the year. All my meetings, I canceled everything. 
my trips that I'd planned to go out of town and speak to the radio audience in various cities. I canceled them. One of our church members said, Joan, you can't do this. If you go out there, they'll give money. And if you don't go, they won't give money. I said, God said don't go, and I'm not going. See, to me, that was a word of God, though it was delivered in a dream. I take those things very seriously. I know God speaks to us sometimes just by the Holy Spirit, bringing a thought to our mind. There was a time I was injured at my house in Texas. The ambulance workers had put me on a gurney, and they were rolling me past the front door of my house, and I heard a word from God by the Holy Spirit. The thought came into my mind, you'll never see this house again. I knew that was the Holy Spirit. In the hospital, I put the house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, well, I've heard a word from God that I will never see this house again. So my action is to put the house up for sale because I believe the word. I believe that was God speaking by the Holy Spirit. I believe the word, therefore I do the word. Now, if you don't believe the word, don't do it. And it could be your own emotions bringing the thought to you. It could be a devil trying to lead you in the opposite way to God. But I've had a lot of experience with this, and I knew that was God. It didn't trouble me. God had already shown me I wasn't going to be able to continue to live alone. I was 81 years old at the time this happened. And I knew there was another way that he was going to take me. So it didn't come as any great surprise when I heard, you'll never see this house again. One of the Proverbs that I have spent my life reading and doing and reading so I won't forget to do it is Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord. The Lord to me is the Word of God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Pray, asking him, should I go this way? If I shouldn't go this way, please stop me. Many times God has stopped me from doing something that I had planned to do. And there have been other times It's gone just like clockwork, like a train running down a track. It's so easy. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I did a project recently, a secular project, and I would have an idea to do something, and we'd do that, and then there would be another addition, and another, and another, and another. It didn't all come at one time. It was just one day after another that I had the idea come to me to do this. And so I did it. And that's what he means there. 
He will direct your paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. That means you have inside you a fear of God, knowing that if God tells you to do something and you go the opposite way, terrible things could happen to you. I hope you'll read Deuteronomy 28, Blessings and Curses. I have spent a lot of time in Deuteronomy 28. You will certainly begin, I think, to develop a healthy fear of God. There's a church member in our group. One day I said to her, have you ever had a time when you feared God? And she said, no, no, I haven't. Oh, my, that is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. It's not the praise of that man you want to seek or that woman. It's the praise of God. If God praises you, that's what really matters. His praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord. I'm quoting one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think the Proverbs will teach you a lot about the fear of the Lord and a lot about wisdom from God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. If you pray over the subject, he will direct your paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, you will often hear pastors state this scripture to get you to give money. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Well, the motive of the pastor might be good in quoting that, and it might be extortion. We don't know the motive of his heart necessarily, but the truth is there. Your fundamental truth is there. Honor the Lord with thy substance. I do not take any salary from the ministry. I found that I can live on my monthly social security check. So I quit taking a salary at the point in time that I became the age to receive social security. I just let what I would take out of the ministry as a salary, and they are justified in taking the salary. I can take it or I can leave it in the ministry. It's up to me. Paul was a tent maker by occupation, and he did not take a salary. Now, I'm not trying to copy Paul. I'm just saying it's a personal thing with a minister, whether they take a salary or don't. 
In my case, I stopped taking it when Social Security checks became available to me. And every month I received, I think it started at $500 a month. And I was able to pay for my personal needs with that, so I just didn't take it. Several times the Holy Spirit has said to me, you do tithe even though you don't know you tithe because you give your entire check to the ministry since you take no salary. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. And another thing that I'm careful to do, when I hear something that I believe is from God, I share it with you. It'll be on the blog, it'll be on podcast, it'll be in books, but somewhere I share it, not just with our little church group, which is only six people, because we were scattered all over the United States and still are. They were the radio audience. One of them's in Virginia. One lives in Ohio. One lives in Houston. One lives in Lubbock, Texas. I live in Colorado Springs, and there's another church member, Pam Padgett, who lives in Colorado Springs. But one of our church members is in Seattle. So they're scattered everywhere because they were the radio audience where I was on radio. But I share with them by email, and I share with you what God has told me I share everything he tells me. I share with the church, no matter where they live. Many of the church members are in foreign countries. They're born-again Christians in Africa, or they're in Asia, or they are in India, or they're in China, or Japan, or England, France, Germany. Well, I share with them by podcast. I share with them everything God has shown me. To me, that's a tithe. To me, it is. So, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And I do that. And it's good to do that. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Proverbs 3, starting at verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. So if you have something that you're concerned about, that's not a path of peace. Pray. Ask God. 
am I going the wrong way? Do I need to change the appointment? Do I need to stop going there? I have said, well, is there another eye doctor that I could go to? I'm not at peace with this eye doctor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, wisdom. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and in all her paths are peace. If you don't have peace, ask God, please change my heart on this matter. I don't have peace about this. If you change my heart and give me peace about it, I'll go that way. But if I don't have peace about it, I'm not going. Make it real. Talk to God. Do the scriptures. Make them real. She is a tree of life. Wisdom is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retaineth wisdom. You're really happy about wisdom when you have wisdom on something because you know if it's wisdom it was given to you by God. It's not of your own mind. It's not of your own brilliance or intelligence or cunning. It is of God. Wisdom is from God. And if you do enough time in these Proverbs, you will begin to see that is where wisdom comes from, is not from going to college or going to classes or reading books. It's from God opening your understanding. Haven't you ever had an experience where you read the Bible and then that same scripture, you went on and read other scriptures, and one day you were reading the Bible in that scripture and God opened your understanding to understand it? And you said, oh, wisdom is from God. I learned that as a young Christian. And I knew we had to have wisdom from God to read the Bible. So I took my Bible, and we were using the hardback Bibles, paper Bibles in those days. We didn't even have internet. This was 1975. I took my hardback Bible, and every chapter I wrote, Pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom before I read this. And I did, prayed for wisdom. And God opened my understanding of the scriptures as he willed, what I needed to know. And there were things later I needed to know. And he opened my understanding then. So all these years, he's opened my understanding. And as long as I'm left on this earth, God will open my understanding concerning scriptures as I need to know them. But that's where the wisdom comes from, is God, by his Holy Spirit. Look at this verse, Proverbs 3, verses 25-26. Be not afraid of sudden fear, 
neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord, the word, shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. One day something happened and Holy Spirit reminded me of that scripture. Instruction, Proverbs 3.31 Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the froward is abomination to the Lord. Froward means one who is willfully unruly. The froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he, God, scorneth the scorners. If a person is a scorner, God scorns them. Now, a scorner, according to the dictionary, learn to look up words that you're not sure of in just a plain dictionary. Scorner, one who looks down with disdain on another person, making fun of that person that he feels is worthless or foolish. Scorner. There are lots of times the word scorner is used. When you see a word that you're not really sure what it means, look it up in the dictionary and write it down next to the scripture. Even on a Kindle, you can make notes next to the scripture. Often I write definition of words next to the scripture because when you tap on that word note, in O-T-E, beside the scripture, when you click on the scripture, it'll bring up several words, which note or definition. I make notes as I read the Bible, even on my tablet. And then I can, from time to time, look at the definition of that word. Well, in skimming through these selected Proverbs, I've only gotten to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 31 through 34. To do all 31 Proverbs this way would take me hours. This is just showing you the way I approach the Bible. And I recommend that you make a special tab for this selected Proverbs and go through them like this, applying it to your life, staying with that verse until you feel it is in your heart and then go to the next verse. This can be very, very valuable to you in grounding you in the truth that God gives wisdom. Don't try to be proud in your own eyes of what you've conjured. Wisdom is from God to the righteous. Or even the unrighteous if they ask him for it. And as long as they do what God shows them to do, 
they will eventually end up saved. And you will end up saved if you do the scriptures, or the word of God, I should say. Whether it be dreams, or words spoken by angels, or words spoken to your mind by the Holy Spirit, it's all the Word of God when it comes to you in those forms. It could even be spoken by another person. And all of a sudden you say, oh, that's it. It's not from that person. It's from God through that person. doesn't matter who speaks it. I don't care who speaks it. As long as I hear it, and when it's for you and by the Holy Spirit, you rejoice. But your rejoicing is in God. And with that, I'll conclude this today. Keep holding on to these scriptures and keep them before you. Make a separate tab of this writing Make it a part of your life by doing it. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.